0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Danny Trejo Tatooine Wildlife Adventure. I'm sorry, no. Welcome to this episode of the Fett and the Furious. Uh, Nope. This is Star Wars Universe Podcast, and today we are talking about Danny Trejo and motorcycle and car races on the TV show The Book of Boba Fett, Season 1, Episode 3. All that more with both Ashley Coffin and Paul Hoppe after a commercial break that the Pikes may have control over. Welcome back, folks. I'm your host, Matthew. Um, Paul, Ashley, bright day in the morning. Danny Trejo's in Star Wars. I know. I I, I just we gotta start there. Danny I Trejo's mean, in Star Wars. It
1: was inevitable. I figured his buddies, Robert Rodriguez's buddies, would show up. hmm
0: Yeah. I
2: mean, where where there is Robert Rodriguez, there is Danny Trejo. Yeah. That's
1: fair.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's it just, fair. I'm
1: surprised Selma hasn't popped up yet, but right. she's uh-huh. above. <laughs> Wait you know. for
0: it. Yeah, I'm going to check check the the credits at the end to see if Tito and the Tarantulas do any of the music at any point. Right.
1: (laughs) I hope so. So (laughs) what
0: did you all think of this episode?
1: I had a lot of fun. I thought it was fun.
0: I did as well. Uh,
2: It paid off on some things that I I thought was kind of where it was going to go that we can get Mm -hmm. into later. But mostly just like I'm here for the Trejo of it all. And yeah. like, you know, I didn't need that I I didn't know that I needed to hear him say rancor and emotionally complex creatures. <laughs> but it it made my day.
0: It, it <laughs> really week. did. It really did. Um I, I woke up and like when I was still half awake, I checked my Twitter and saw Paul that you had tweeted something about that. And I was just like, "Oh yeah, what a funny joke! Since it's Rodriguez making this show, wouldn't it be funny if Trejo was actually in it?" Right. And so it kind of was the perfect like non spoiler, in that it just sort of primed me that when Trejo did show up, I was just like, <laughs> "Ah, this is so good!"
2: I'm glad because I, I was like, "I was like, well, this is this is definitely kind of spoilery, not <laughs> like a major plot point, but I need to talk about it." <laughs> you
1: have to say it. It's like one in the yeah. morning. Yeah. I never yeah, go, on yeah, go on Twitter. And, don't go on Twitter. I saw that and yeah. I was like, oh, Danny Trejo. And I messaged, oh, I ruined yeah. it for Ken immediately. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's he different. Care. Things are <laughs> you know feel spoilery to different people, and yeah. I think in the future I'll try and do some kind of like dot 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 to make some space for mm. you know spoilers for blah blah blah. Nesting. Like, if you don't say something is spoiler, somebody might not think it's necessarily true. So yeah,
0: you there know, you go. There you go. Half awake, you said it early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, here's my kind of take where I am with Boba Fett because I feel like if I was wanting serious Star Wars content that was building the universe and was, like, telling a, like, Mando-level story, I might be starting to get disappointed because it, it, it this episode kind of felt like, and maybe it's going to go back a little bit in later ones, this episode especially felt like this is now less a Star Wars show and more Robert Rodriguez doing his version of a Star Wars spoof. But it's so much fun that I kind of don't care. And given the history of Boba Fett as this, like, starting as a cartoon from the worst star wars product that's ever been created and then becoming a huge sensation because of three lines in a in mm-hmm. a movie it's kind of fitting like if we're gonna get a book of <laughs> that show this is what it is like there's so much that i'm loving that i kind of don't care that it's just becoming so ridiculous it's not making any sense anymore
1: i kind of didn't expect it to be anything more than this mm-hmm. like it this was like a gift and they got a really fun director to do it. And I think I'm just really appreciating, like, they're like, let's build this backstory. We're going to jump around a little yeah. bit, but it's not going to be crazy. It's not like Witcher level. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I think this is what I expected from it, which I don't usually do with TV shows at yeah. all. And I'm complacent. I'm happy.
2: <laughs> like, I had no expectations for this show, except that it was clearly going to have great action because mm-hmm. of, you know, the the people assembled to, to make it. Um but I, I actually feel like it's very Star Wars in a lot of ways in terms of like mm. we get, we get to see a lot about Tuscan culture. We get to see, like we get to actually be on a planet for a while and yeah. see different things happening on that planet, you know, and, um, at the same time, like, there, there is a, a, you know, a cyberpunk to it as well, you know, the, like, cyberpunk vapor. Baker- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and someone's like, I don't watch Star Wars for cyberpunk. It's like, well, <laughs> on the, the other purse. hand, though, it's like, well, other hand, like, there have always been, you know, mechanical replacements for body <laughs> parts in Star Wars. And here it's elective, you know, but it's like, it, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, you know, um, it, it there's no reason that you wouldn't have kind of some of that element. You know, particularly yeah. if you're talking about cyberpunk in kind of more of the, the scum and villainy area, you know, just in terms right. of like that aesthetic and, um, you know, the, the sort of rebelling against not even the rebellion, you know, not even against the empire, but just sort of against right. everything. And just being like, yeah, we're going to do what we want because we don't like the price of water. And, you know, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> it a lot. I, I didn't. I didn't expect to not enjoy it, but I was just kind of like, all right, we'll see what it is. There's going to be great action. We'll see what else happens. Um, yeah. But, yeah, overall, uh, it's it's done a lot of things and kind of filled out the world in a way that I think is different from other how other Star Wars things have done gone about mm-hmm. doing that. But I, I don't think is any less effective.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love that part. I think it's very street level in that kind of way, in right. a way that I'm really enjoying. Like, we're getting to see what's happening in in, in a city and getting to learn more about the politics of it and the power structures, which I'm loving. And yeah, I mean like the, the cyberpunk motorcycle gang, it feels like it's out of a different, like it doesn't feel like the sort of thing George Lucas would come up with, right? but it does feel like something that would exist in this universe. right? Well, I
1: don't, I don't get why all the hovercraft looked like cars and motorcycles from the 60s. (laughs) That was new. You know, I I don't hate it though. I really liked it. I like the, the mayor's guy and his new little cyborg street gang. Mm. Uh-huh. I was like, okay. I didn't yeah. hate it, <laughs> but I don't understand why. But I didn't, it, you know, like, why would those look like that? It was like, oh, we're in Cuba. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <But> like... <laughs> and,
0: and I will say, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I think Paul and I talked about, and actually, I think you may have been a part of these conversations as well with Mandalorian is. Mandalorian was giving us a great story, and it was tying it into the larger Star Wars narrative because of Grogu and, like, the, the story of the Force and all that. And I think we we all said at one point or another that, like, that was really good, but we kind of would like to see them go one step further and just tell it as a story where no one was Force-sensitive and where it really had no connection to anything else. And I'm sure some connection might come at a later point, but the fact that we're three episodes in... And no one has used the Force in any way, shape, or form. I, I mm-hmm. love that. And that that is a complete first, I think, for live action in the Star Wars world. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's funny you say that, because Ken turned to me and he was like, they're lucky that there are no Jedi's here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was like, because they'd just be able to stop all this. They're just so powerful. And I was like, they are. Yeah, and
2: the thing <laughs> is that it's like, they're, they are. Also, you know, as Ashley, you pointed out in our Mandalorian season two coverage, like, lightsabers look hella cool but like (laughs) they don't have to be in every story right and jedi and you know force users effective force users are so supposed to be so rare right especially after the fall of the republic and you know thousands of jedi got got murdered like they're supposed to be so rare having every single story in the universe in the galaxy, like, told about them, or at least with their participation, sure, they're incredibly powerful, but if they're so rare, what about everybody else's story, right? And I feel like here we're finally kind of getting that, like, okay, we're really just going to talk about some stuff that's going on that has nothing to do with the Jedi, nothing to do with the Force. Maybe at some point it'll kind of tie in in that way, but, like, I'm enjoying for now just, like, seeing people go about doing people things, you know, and yeah. I loved Grogu and that whole aspect in Season 2 of Mandalorian and Season 1, right? But, like, it's nice to also have something different. And, like, the yeah. galaxy is supposed to be so huge. Like, there should be vehicles that look really different from other vehicles, you know? It's, like, there's always been, there's <laughs> a lot of, like, kind of, um, a lot of stuff is, like, homogeneous in Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, there's different types of ships or whatever, but there's, like, a look. And so I think having something that like looks like it's like way out there, I don't know, I think it's kind of refreshing and like those bright colors are that they're very Robert Rodriguez, <laughs> you know. They really are.
1: I-, I do have to say the one uh, robot new thing we don't ever need is whatever the heck that oh, spider Oh yeah yeah yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I don't I don't, ble- want none of that. Like, I
1: don't know what that was supposed to be, but you <laughs> never need that. Like I don't see the point to ever have to create yeah. a robot that looks like that. And it didn't serve any purpose. It creeped by, and I was like, well, I wonder what that was. And the then Matrix we never found out again. The the
0: market on robots that look like, you know, amphibians or squids or bugs, and we don't need any more of that. Let them have a <laughs> No,
1: specifically spiders. Yeah. Like, keep that to yourself.
0: I, I will we also say, like, even with the street gang stuff, like, it's ridiculous. It's fun. Rodriguez is finding a way to put it in because he wants to put it in, and God bless him. But I also get, like, I mean, this is supposed to be a world that has had a very strict sort of, you know, the Empire and Java And, like, when the power vacuums fall apart, people start doing crazy things. Like, that's often when art, you know, flourishes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, I can, I can buy it. was a lot of fun. It's very Bohemian. It I mean. feels
2: actually a little, it ties in to me with, like, Sabine's aesthetic a little bit in yeah. Rebels. Yeah, you know. like
0: she very much has a Japanese street art kind of mm-hmm. like you know aesthetic to her and the, and the art that she does, and so I kind of like the
1: is that Obi Wan Kenobi's girlfriend?
2: No, that's Satine.
0: Ugh, Sabine, I think, is related <laughs> to Satine in some way. Yeah,
2: probably. I mean, they're both Mandalorians, they might right. be more related than that. I don't, I don't remember, even though Lee just watched the entirety of Clone Wars and like. Two weeks, I guess. And then Bad Batch, like, <laughs> the day before yesterday. Like, all uh-huh. of it. <laughs> and yes. is like, halfway through Heroes. So, But I haven't watched all of them. So, uh-huh. again, I haven't re-watched all of them. I have watched all of them. But, like, it's a lot of seasons of TV. The animated yes. shows are, like, a big commitment of time. Um, I think right. they're overall great, but... Um,
0: As someone who's been covering every single episode for this podcast. Right. yes, Yes, they are. Exactly. <laughs> I will say, like, having
2: mentioned... Um, rebels it it was i'm pretty sure uh those those fruits that were rolling around on the ground were melurons Mm -hmm. at the end right which there was there's a whole episode of of zeb and ezra like trying to find a meluron like it's like a particular fruit anyway it's like a star wars specific fruit (laughs)
1: Uh uh-huh okay Okay. it looks
2: kind (laughs) of like dragon fruit but like i don't know produce like really gets hit hard in action movies and shows All just the
1: like, time. What All the poor, like, the money right? gone. Oh. This poor vendor. All
2: that food destroyed, or, you know, maybe they can salvage it. But,
1: yeah. Maybe. A bruised
2: Melu Ron <laughs> is still a Melu Ron.
0: <laughs> I did also like getting to learn a little bit more about sort of the economy and the politics of what's going on mm-hmm. uh in, in this world. And, and we'll get more into the, the specifics of that, but I wanted to start by saying, I'm curious how you saw this. When... You know, pretty quickly, I think we realized that the guy who comes to them for help, like his whole thing about like no one respects you and you know you need to reestablish order, I was like, okay, so he's the kind of like p- petit bourgeois who wants to like crack down on the poor. Clearly, he's going to become an enemy at some point. But I had this feeling that like Boba Fett was going to turn into kind of a Robin Hood figure of mm-hmm. like I'm here to like help the poor oppressed people of Tatooine. Which is a fun story for a lot of characters, but wouldn't feel right for Boba Fett. And so I was kind of like nervous about how they were going to resolve it. And so when his solution was, yeah, he was sort of like mean to the, the, the rich guy. I was like, yeah, you got to cut your prices. I'm only giving you 500 credits. But then his solution to the kids was come work for me. Right. You know, not like let me yeah. help you, but like, all right, you want to work? Cool. You're my gang now. Right. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, they're old enough to work. Right. They're old enough to work.
0: Yeah, I was like, okay, that that actually isn't fitting with Boba Fett w- would do.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's a problem that you want to see him solve, but you want to see him solve it in a way that makes sense for the character, not in right. a way that it's like just a totally different character. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, come come save my ass from a badass Wookiee, like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Fox, did you recognize that rich guy? It was. Um... Eddie from True Blood and my stapler from yeah, Office Space. I, I love that guy. He's been like
0: that kind of role in so many things, you know? Uh, and I thought he was just so perfect for it. And, and clearly he's not going away yet. He's going to be a fun, fun thing. Uh, so let's talk more let's about the politics that we learned about that are happening in modern day. Um, first of all, I just want to of quick do a rundown. Uh, we were told that there's three families that have kind of divided things up. And for people who weren't sure who these were, uh, the first is the Trandoshans who, uh, if you've only seen the movies, if you remember the reptilian bounty hunter in Empire Strikes Back who mm. kind of growls at Vader, um, that's a Trandoshan. They're kind of like lizard people. They were also hunting Jedi in the Clone Wars TV show. Uh, the second is the Aqualish, who are... Um, basically, if you remember the guy who gets mad at Luke in the bar in Mos Eisley and you know, Obi-Wan has to cut his arm off... That's Ponda Baba, who is an Aqualish. The, the kind of weird... that They have, it looks like, butt cheeks on their chin right. that aren't furry and everything else is furry. Uh, and then the last is the Clant- uh, Clatunians. I think uh, I have no idea. I no. think that's how you pronounce it. And they were the, like, desert guards on Jabba's uh, uh, sail barges and stuff like that. So uh, I just... Uh, we're normally not going to go into that level of detail, but I just thought it was kind of cool they kind of laid that out with three races that are all kind of playing a part in this. Um...
1: I'm glad you did because I kind of glazed yep, over I that, that whole yeah. part. <laughs> I figured, I
0: figured. I, I did pause it. I did not just go. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Go. Just, oh, yeah, these are the transitions. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like that. You know, Ponda ba- Babas uh, people are getting the, the Aqualish. We can get a little bit more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I like that. There's kind of like a number of different levels to what's going on here. What, what's your kind of take on on the different different di- different power dynamics we're seeing, especially with the Huts at the end being like, nope, we're out, we're done.
1: I don't, uh, well, they, the Huns the Huns don't seem to like, I don't know, I don't Mm -hmm. trust them. Sorry, I don't trust them. Like, they're pulling out because they just want to, it's what they, what Fennec said, they just want to see their two enemies take each other out. So, um, and then as for the politics, like I said, just kind of clouded over, thought about what I was doing (laughs) tomorrow.
0: Not your favorite part.
2: Yeah, I, I, um. I don't feel like I really know what's going on in that regard. Uh-huh. I don't feel like Boba Fett really knows what's going on in that regard either. So I, I feel like that's from okay. From um, but I did like that they sort of started to kind of be like, well, this is, uh, you know, this is what Jabba was controlling and now this is right. what you're controlling, which is less than what Jabba was controlling, blah, blah, blah. You know, Bib Fortuna wasn't able to just take over for Jabba and, right. you know, run things exactly the same way Jabba did, right? Um And, you know, I don't Mm. trust the huts either, but I actually kind of think that they are deliberately. Like, I mean, you know, the rancor could be like a Trojan horse kind of thing, but like, I I think they actually were like, oh, well, we tried to kill you and it didn't work well, so here's a gift and uh, peace. (laughs) We found out, you know, this isn't a place we want to mess around. And uh, yeah, Yeah. keep our Wookiee, our gift to you, like a bonus gift, you know. Uh,
1: Poor Christana or whatever.
2: yes his name
1: yeah there were a couple times in the
0: fight where like clearly you're rooting against him but the noise he made is exactly the kind of like like plaintive moan um, Chewie would make Mm -mm. sometimes and I just was like no don't hurt Chewie oh not Chewie okay (laughs) different no he doesn't have (laughs) kind eyes no 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 he doesn't he doesn't (laughs) I I would have been very upset if they'd killed him though Mm. because he's such a badass looking character yeah Yeah. and I mean I know he kind of walks off he's clearly not done oh yeah yeah
2: Gonna show up somewhere.
1: I was hoping he would right. join yeah. up. Like, they just sold, like, they were like, right. they don't care about you. And, he, you know, that Wookiee was awesome. He had the, uh, the, Oh, yeah, he's knuckles. got the brass knuckles, basically. With brass, knuckles. Brass yeah. knuckles. Again, the 1950s <laughs> gangland kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah.
2: I was thinking, like, Batman's cool. always got those things in, in shows where everybody else is vastly more powerful. It's so, like, I've oh, got yeah, these yeah. electric knuckles.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, that whole fight, I, I I was both like, this is an awesome way of reminding us that, like, Wookiees are incredibly badass and hard to take down. Mm-hmm. And also, why does no one have a blaster? Like, oh.
1: Right, I was like where is Fennec? Where yeah, when are you put
0: barbarian with 23 strength, maybe don't engage in melee combat. Range oh. combat might be the
1: option here. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I thought that he killed the Gamorrean. Yeah, I don't
2: think Gamorrean he did you know, that right. Right. You t- it looks like he did, but No, then, when he bit yeah, it yeah, when he yeah. bit the neck,
0: I was like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. He was busy. he was messed up enough that uh, you know, uh, Boba says like take him to my back back to tank.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. I was surprised Boba wasn't more, you know, messed up after that sort of spine cracking sound, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's I fresh was, out of the right, tank. I guess it was at, at full, <laughs> uh, full hit points to start that encounter. But like, it, it um, it, yeah, I mean, well, so, I mean, one thing that I will say about blasters in close con- confines when, you know, but be- trying to shoot one person in a melee with someone else, like,
0: it's pr- mm-hmm. it's
2: probably actually not a great idea if you don't want to shoot the person that you're trying mm-hmm. to help. You know, maybe has some real life parallels, like you know.
1: Can't you just switch your blaster to? Oh
2: stun? yeah, yeah, that would probably yeah. be a good idea. Yeah, just shoot everybody. Be like whatever. It's stun. <laughs> Although yeah. really, yeah. I mean, if you stun <laughs> someone and they fall or down, pew, like pew, they, pew. they can die. Like that's the thing, <laughs> not not in a show or a movie, mm. but in real life. Like they they will yeah. hit their head, and it can cause a lot of damage. Not in
0: Star Wars. No, there's no such thing as traumatic brain injury in any of these yeah. shows. We know that. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Just Paul. stick
2: them in the back to thank them. When
0: Batman smashes that guy's head against the bell and then drops him down the stairwell in Batman eighty nine, it's, totally it's fine. fine. Yeah, They'll be fine.
2: Just walk, just walk it sleeping. off. <laughs> walk it yeah. off. Walk it off.
0: He's They didn't asleep. know about concussions, so it's fine. <laughs> He's asleep. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, the thing I think that is off, reading through comments online, that spoke to the most sparked the most controversy is the motorcycle speeder chase. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks are really unhappy with it. They think it was boring or just wasn't wasn't Star Wars enough. I loved it. It sounds like you all were kind of yeah. down for it as well. I loved it too. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah.
2: generally not a huge fan of chase scenes. Um, mm-hmm. I think they often get very repetitive. I did feel like there was a fair amount of creativity in how the action was directed there. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like some people are probably just sore that they're bright colors instead of yeah. that, you know, Star Wars off-white that most things mm-hmm. in the desert end <laughs> up becoming.
1: It has to be right, white Right, exactly. And, and it's like, you know what? Maybe,
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe some other people paint their vehicles a different color. Like, come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I was I was fine with that at least. I overall I enjoyed the aesthetic and the actual action. It was it was less interesting to me than you know the melee, right? Yeah. But But um, but you know, still still good.
1: Yeah. they should just not try to hold down the footloose kids. Like there were kids <laughs> in Tatooine, these teenagers who just want right. to have fun, become cyborgs and paint their bikes. <laughs> Yeah, you can have fun
0: with it. Fun <laughs> and clearly, the one woman who they focused on—I think she's going to become, you know, some kind of a main character in some way. Yeah,
1: I love her. I liked mm-hmm. all the kids, to be honest. Yeah.
0: They were all a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> Not at first, oh, but when yeah. they came in against um, <laughs> Dark, Dark chewy, chewy, it was great.
2: Crunchy, no. Cri-
1: Chris Christmas crunchy. Santa, Chrisanta, yeah. Chrisanta, Chris-, Chris-, Chris, yes, Chrisanta, Santa. <laughs> I'm
2: going with Crunchy. There's Chewy and there's Crunchy.
1: We're just going to call him Flower Uh from now on. There you go. His His name is Flower.
0: Uh, Yeah, so clearly (laughs) clearly something's going on with the mayor. It's, you know, we've gone kind of back and forth. Is the mayor behind it? Is the mayor not? I kind of hope they just kind of settle on something. Um, But yeah, I think think it's been a a lot of fun.
1: He said it, though, right? That the mayor is working with the pike. Yeah, but he said it, Are they pikeys? Because that's a... is it, right, like, like
0: we know the mayor true. is probably working with this new syndicate that's in town that the Huts want nothing to do with, and particularly since we're in ve- we're like dealing more with the Pikes in the you know flashbacks, I, I think we're supposed to think that it's the Pikes as well. Right, but we don't know that for sure yet. Yeah. The
2: symbol,
1: the backwards well, that, Jays, the, that we that's, think that's a different group. Pikes. That's
0: the. Um, that's the Speeder Gang, right? Okay. That's, that's the, the biker. The, gang. The Kintan Tan oh, Striders, uh, right? was okay. what they were called for um, that that is the flat out biker gang.
2: Um do you want to get into that
0: now? Yeah, let's get yeah, into I have um 'cause I I, <laughs> I didn't love the Tuscans being fridged. That was not mm. my favorite part of the steps.
1: So all of them are dead. Like all of that his friends are dead. Them. None of them got away. Cause I didn't see dress one. Right. Yeah. The one that wears you know that taught him right. like we didn't go to
0: I think the album pos- and horn. I don't think we saw the kid either, did we?
2: I don't think specifically. And and yeah. that, I guess that would be sort of one of my complaints. I don't feel exactly the same way that it sounds like you do about it. But um, I, I feel like with the Tuscans, we got to know a lot about the culture. And we got to know some individual Tuscans. But I feel like we didn't get to know them that deeply or at like too much of a character yeah. level. You know? We
0: don't know any of their names.
2: Right. Which, I mean, you know, maybe that's... Fine, you know. Um, In so far as like, we probably can't pronounce their names, right? <laughs> like true. sometimes that's, that's just a thing. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, and there was some visual differentiation, right? But yeah. you know, it maybe, maybe Boba could have had something that he called them, and it would be like, is it okay if I call you this or this or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I do. Hmm? Maybe Maybe right, they, maybe they did. did, but I mean, we d- we didn't. didn't. But for the audience to kind of hang on to and kind of see yeah. each Tuscan or several of the Tuskins more as specific characters, as opposed right. to you know, since they're we don't get to see their faces, right, and um, they're dressed very similarly. There's some differentiation, but not a huge amount. Um, it does, you know i i I do see kind of where you're where you're going with how you, how you feel about how they ended up getting treated. So why don't why don't you talk about that more, and then. I have a sure. sort of counter type thing
0: okay I'll just yeah <laughs> take five I, I use the i use the term fridging which i do think <laughs> like can be it's possible that we're using the term a little bit too broadly and i'll, I'll acknowledge that but i think it's the it, it, it there's a similar thing of last week when ashley and i were talking i was saying that like i was a little uncomfortable with boba so clearly so quickly having become the spokesperson for the Tuskins and like telling people what the tuscans wanted without us ever seeing that the tuscans saying this is what they wanted and and so i think for them all to have suddenly just been killed off um just to kind of if it is that they're all killed off just to drive his story further i i feel like that's going to be both wasted potential which i'm sad about because i think the tuscan storytelling is so interesting but also like you know there is a clear kind of like colonialist native you know story being told there and not the best way for that story to to end as we talk about it more and i think you're right that we a a number of the tuscans who have become important to boba were not there the the kid and and the uh, some of the others that gives me hope that we're definitely not done with the tuscans part of the story in which case i think i'll feel a lot better about it and certainly by the end the Danny Trejo and the fat and the furious of it all had made me feel so I was like, okay, fine. We're good. Um, but it was definitely not my favorite moment. And I'm kind of, I want to see how they, how they paid off. Cause it feels like it could go really wrong or it could be really good.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I feel what you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, I do feel like, like, I don't know where they're going to go with it from here. Um, You know, you could say there's an extent to which the whole, to this point, the Tusken story has been in kind of moving Boba Fett's character forward or kind of showing us, you know, a, um, some of the, you know, that they only exist to develop his character. I do Mm -hmm. think since they've been so prevalent throughout Star Wars for so many years Even just getting this level of development of their culture and of individuals within it, um, I think is a huge step forward. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. I, you know, I heard what you're saying last week about the sort of concerns of this like colonial, you know, not white savior, but like human savior, right? Sort of narrative. I felt like they were definitely aiming to subvert that. And I think they did. And I think the point is like, Boba Fett gets taken in by them, not, you know, charitably, right? Like they make him a slave and then he basically kind of proves himself to them and then goes through a whole bunch of trials and they accept him as to some extent one of their own, right? And they teach him some things, he teaches them some things. They teach him some things, they teach, he teaches them some things. And so it felt like a very real exchange of culture, that to me, mm-hmm. especially knowing that a lot of the culture that, um, you know, the storytellers had given, given to the Tuscans, I believe, was like Maori culture, right? Like the, the gaffy stick.
0: I think so. It's really a kind of war dance. Um,
2: and so. A like a haka. Right. And so.
1: I, what for the listeners? What's right. So, so what
2: Tamora Morrison, uh, my understanding is um maori right which or maori like, i'm not i'm not positive yeah like new zealand, yeah, like yeah, new yeah. zealand. The
0: aboriginal native people of new exactly zealand. Oh, okay
2: and so you know it's i think it's always difficult when you're trying to like make up cultural things for fictional cultures and i think sometimes to some extent borrowing from um some real world cultures is almost inevitable it's not totally inevitable but like mm-hmm. you're always going to have something that bears some resemblance, probably, unless you come up with something like super original. Um, and so having that be, you know, from his culture or a culture of people that he comes from, right? I, I feel like there's, there was some sort of special meaning there, you know, that, and, and so yeah. it, it feels a little different, right? Not to mention that like, you know, the actors, not a white dude. So like the, the problematic aspects of, you know, white savior stories, aren't all present, right?
0: Right. But
2: the idea of, like, Boba Fett then being like, look, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna, I'm now in this new culture and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna, like, wreck shit and, like, change things and take action on your behalf and draw you into this conflict that, like, people do that in real life. It often doesn't go well. And so, to me, they're basically aiming to subvert that trope by showing... Kind of what's, what can be wrong with it? Um, having said that, right. like, I can see that. is that the best way to do it? I don't know. Um, I thought that it made <laughs> a point very clearly. I don't know if that's the point everyone's going to get from it. And I really would like to see more Tuscans in the next four episodes. And if we don't, I will definitely be disappointed that if they're just like totally gone from the story. Um, but I don't feel like that whole arc was there just to, Develop Boba Fett's character, and like that was the only purpose of those characters. I feel like those characters did feel like it, if they didn't feel like deeply developed characters individually, it did feel like a culture that was developed in a way that, like, actually, very not a lot of cultures in Star Wars are even developed that deeply, you know? That's true. Um, yeah. so, so personally, I, it's the sort of thing that could often make me mad, but I actually, sort of liked it like i didn't want them to all get killed but i felt like they were going to and that was going to make sense and that was going to sort of Mm -hmm. justify the point of kind of telling the savior story where it's subverted and it's like "Mm, it's not a savior story it's a somebody came into a culture that they weren't in before decided to try and make some big changes and it it was catastrophic so
0: that makes a lot of sense to me because at first I did not understand what you meant by subverting it. At first I thought you meant that there was something about the story that was fundamentally different than the kind of dances with wolves, Mm -hmm. last samurai kind of story. And the way you were talking about it, about like, they enslave him at first, but then he shows that he's valuable and he teaches them, and I was like, that's the exact plot of those movies. But now I I see what you're saying, is that the point is that Yes, he was in some ways a little bit that kind of figure, and it it didn't work out. Right. That's an interpretation I really love. Okay. So, yeah, I think think you've now got me sold in seeing it through those eyes. Nice.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm used to, like, making people like things less, so I'm happy to, you know, flip that on its head a little bit. Not that that's my goal. I
1: just wish I could have said it as smart. I was like, I don't know, last week. But it's well, not for all of those reasons. So now I'm in enlightened. Well,
0: yeah, but I, th- I think, Paul, you're kind of being halfway in between it. Because if I understand, you're kind of agreeing that last week there was the kind of Dances with Wolves idea, but it's just that it's being subverted because of the...
1: Well, that just shows how good I am at seeing what the directors and the writers are going to do with the story. <laughs> pretty, yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I mean, I, yeah. First of all, yes. Um, but second of all, like, yeah, I, I feel like... I feel like a person going into a culture that they are not previously, that they didn't grow up in, is a complicated thing. And I think a lot of people like to really try and simplify it and being like, no, this is always good, or you can do whatever you want. And then other people are like, no, this is always bad. And like, you know, um, whatever you do is always going to be bad. And I feel like here there was, it was complicated and I thought it was really beautiful. But then the way, but then clearly, he did something that really wasn't a good idea and didn't do it with like full buy-in necessarily from all the people. I mean, they were like, okay, yeah, let's do that. But it's like it, you know, they had been existing there and surviving hiding for a long time. And he's like, you shouldn't have to hide. Let's go fight. Oh, you're all dead. Fuck, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, I felt like this is where the story was going to go. So when you were like saying what you were saying about it last week, I was like, mm, let's, let's just. Let's give it a beat, you know, yeah, and right. and I don't think you were wrong to have that. Like, it's the sort of thing where I feel like it should make us think about things, but like, you know, we're not always going to have like really specific um, conclusions all the time. You know, like right. shit's complicated. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, eh. Well, it's a, it, it's like just sit there and get like you lose like five or six of you every time right. the train goes by. Right, yeah. Or we go handle this, and then should have been ready for repercussions. Right, but right. you know, one way or the other, you're going to lose people.
0: It, yeah, and I mean, also, that be, I think one of the one of the things that we're maybe seeing emerge that both flashback Boba and Boba today have is overconfidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know that in both like right. he maybe is getting himself in, in him and the people who rely on him in over his head, and that maybe part of this is going to be him learning the lesson from what happened to the Tuscans now of like, okay, I can't just think I'm a good warrior. We'll fix this. We'll win the battle. Right. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Or
2: not learning the lesson and having it go poorly. Like who knows, yeah. you know? Uh,
0: also just power of Google. Um, You, you made a reference Paul to how the, the Tuscans were in some ways kind of based on Maori culture. And I did a bit of, and I, and I made an offhand comment mm-hmm. of, Oh, so the dance was a haka because in Maori culture, there's a ceremonial dance called a haka that's often done. And I, I, I was kind of making this an offhand thing because of that. It turns out, actually, um, uh, Morrison, the, the actor mm-hmm. playing Boba Fett, has been very intentional about bringing a lot of the, the um, Maori culture into the character and into this world. And I think he did a haka at one point during Mandalorian... But certainly, also like the dance that he that he's doing with the Tuscans is meant to is meant very intentionally meant to be very similar to the Hakka. Mm, and apparently, Ming Na Wen has talked mm-hmm. about like that she's learning it from him. Yeah, and really enjoying learning about. I
1: got those vibes from the intro and outro music too. Because Ken's like, I don't care for the music. I was like, it feels very ceremonial to me. Like I don't know if that's what it is, but that's what yeah. like the the music makes me think Thanks, of. Yeah.
0: Thanks, yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. The the music. I mean, I don't know how much the music is specifically influenced. Um, actually, I feel like I read something about it, and I, I don't remember clearly. But um, it it is like it. There, there's a feel to it, right? That I, yeah. I, I I know what you're talking about, and I really do like that. It feels it feels like in line with the Mandalorian music, mm-hmm. but distinct. You know, it feels like it is Mm -hmm. the music from a different story. Ludwig is like The guy who does
1: the music for Mandalorian is like a prodigy. Very good. Very good. I
0: also have to say, kind of pulling it back to the stuff going on in both timelines, but especially in in the flashback one, I'm really enjoying the way the pikes are being portrayed. Mm. Because I think often it can feel like, okay, there's multiple crime families, but they all feel the same. The pikes feel very different, you know, especially in that their attitude here is kind of like, look... We want to do business, we get that there's a protection racket, we're happy paying to a protection racket. You know, Boba Fett killed a bunch of the people, and he's like, cool, we're good. Protection racket, it's going to protection racket, but you got to figure out which one it is, because we're not paying both.
2: Right, right, right. Like
0: I was like, this is a very reasonable <laughs> negotiation. I, I, yeah. I'm I, kind of with these guys, I like this. Right, unless
2: they like made a side deal with the Speeder gang to go kill the Raiders while Boba Fett was coming to visit them. But,
0: awesome. but awesome. I, yeah, I mean, they did
2: have a legit point. It's like, what, are we going to pay you to protect us from them and them to pay it, protect us from you? Like with the, you know, come on. Right. Like once this can be under one person's jurisdiction and we'll pay you the tariffs, space or protection fee, whatever, you know. <laughs> I, I actually like the Pikes here. Not like like, like I am sympathetic towards them, really. But, you know, I, I think <sighs> having seen them in Clone Wars... Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit surprised that they've translated as well to live action. Yeah. And I kind of find them a little more interesting here than they, they felt a little more cartoon villain in Mm -hmm. you know Clone Wars which you could say like well it's a cartoon but like that season of Clone Wars is amazing and like the last four episodes I think the least cartoonish thing in all of Star Wars basically
1: why do I feel like you're always talking at me and (laughs) not to me
2: you know what I've already said my thing about like people who uh you know make judgments about um animation I
1: tried to watch some of Clone Wars no I know I I know I did my best
2: The whole thought here it it might take longer than it needs to express but like you know i appreciate that like you gave it a shot and you're like yeah i just don't enjoy this like that's that's not what i'm talking about when i say like look give it a shot (laughs) it's not like it's not all aimed at kids just because it's animated like i know you don't like animation that's fine you know that's fine (laughs) lee wouldn't watch clone wars for a long time because she doesn't like bad animation and the early seasons are pretty rough but the later ones are, are fantastic i think
0: and I'll also say, I mean, we made this point a couple times during Book of Boba Fett, uh, sorry, during Bad Batch, and I think the same thing is here. I feel like Star Wars has really finally found the right um, formula for making reference to things that only a, a small part of your audience has seen mm. without alienating the larger part of the audience. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, Paul, you and I are getting the pikes from all that we've seen before. Right. Actually, you're not feeling like, you have no idea who these pikes are, and it's taking you out of the story, right?
1: They're just... They're being reduced. Fish people. Yeah.
2: Or, like, when they mentioned the <laughs> witches of Dathomir. Like, that that didn't yeah. necessarily mean anything to you, right? But, like...
1: <laughs> I was like... Huh?
2: <laughs> like, that, they said witches.
1: Gotta so look that up that later. Yeah, 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 I perked up. You'd them. like
2: them.
0: <laughs> yeah. You'd really like them.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna look into yeah. it tomorrow. I, I
0: I would love to see them live-action somehow. Oh, hell yeah. I don't know how that would happen, but it'd be great to get them at... I mean, Ventress basically... could
2: show up and, um... Kenobi.
0: They're they're basically dark side Uh, force users who aren't Sith and want nothing to do with the Jedi and Sith, but they're all women and they're they're for all intents and purposes witches. Yeah, no, it's
1: you. I wouldn't yeah, that's exactly yeah. Like I was telling Ken, I was like, I wouldn't want to be a Jedi. He's like after the whole like Jedi's could wreck shop thing. I was like, no, because it sucks. I was like, look at it like the Catholic Church. And then that went into a whole conversation of comparisons. Which you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into here, but like, yeah, no, it sucks. And he's like, so you'd be a Sith? I was like, no, there's somewhere mm-hmm. right in the middle. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And th- D- I mean, Dathomir. that's that's maybe Ahsoka. So stay tuned for that yeah. one. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> but like the yeah, the witches of Dathomir, and they, they're that's the same place that Maul from you know the, mm-hmm. the first movie, the first.
1: The Darth, yeah, Darth, Darth Maul, Darth Maul? Um,
2: <laughs> comes from like they're from the same planet, but excuse. Uh, male so, like, and why
1: was he a spider? hurt in the Clone Wars thing, like I got that far, and I was like, why are you well, a spider? Because oh, he got cut in half, kind
2: of. You know, removed parts of him.
1: But would you really choose to become a, a spider?
2: No, he didn't. Like somebody did that to him. Apparently, I don't Sorry, think that yeah. ever gets totally resolved. But yeah,
0: yeah, okay. not a and choice. There, there, I, I no, okay, never mind. I was going to say, I feel like there's some Star Wars property that talks about him being very unhappy about it, but I realized it's the recent Lego Halloween special, which <laughs> is brilliant and wonderful. I mean, and actually is it actually does a great job canon? of ex- explaining like, how Darth Maul comes to be a spider. I don't think it's canon, but, you know, it's still a lot of fun, so why the heck not? Okay. I
2: will say that Lego seems like the best medium for explaining how you can just, like, click on and click off, like, the lower <laughs> section of your body, like, spider exactly. legs, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a spider. No, I...
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, all right, so anything else from this episode that people want to get into?
1: Oh. I really like that Rancors are just like the bulls, like puppy bulls <laughs> of the universe, yeah. and uh, it breaks my heart what happens to them. Yeah. Um, but I also love this new direction that we're going with them.
0: I love when Boba Fett is like playing with his new pet and
1: you know the the the,
0: the torture <laughs> droid who's become his protocol droid comes in to say there's guests and he's like yeah whatever i want to deal with my right. my, my pet well then he
2: goes off and then then danny trejo's like don't worry he'll be back um oh, i will say that like the whole you know you have this adorable you know gruesome like beast right but also like <laughs> just giant animal who's adorable um and often they get mistreated you know being kept in that pit and then being like, I want to ride him, like, not exactly liberating, right? <laughs> like, it does True. feel like there's going to be a meaningful relationship there, but not entirely non problematic. Um, and so, like, for me, as someone who's, you know, very much an animal advocate, like, I really enjoyed the, you know, like, you know, rancor are emotionally complex creatures. He's depressed. And Boba Fett's like, really? Like, that's a thing? It's like, of course it's a thing. It's got a brain. Yeah. Think about how big the brain is, probably. <laughs> like, it's...
1: Well, he doesn't no, think... He doesn't think I know.
2: But, like... <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, they're like, oh, feed it, you know, some of the carcasses from the, you know, the, the larder. And, like...
1: <laughs> what if it loves carcasses?
2: No, well, yeah, but, like, what about... what? Well, was the carcass before? it Was the carcass? You know, <laughs> I mean, like,
1: so animals can no, eat they can, but I'm saying, like, within the
2: context of humans having pets, I think there's there's just some stuff going on, and like yeah. seeing Ming Noen chewing on some giant big old bone, I was like, all right, I, I, I this I don't,
0: I, I, go, know, I, go I shoot I felt someone. Like, I want. I <laughs> felt like I watched that and was like okay, there's no way Paul can want to talk about this episode, and then later there's the most like it pro animal like you know, uh, <laughs> animals are awesome. Because, yeah, it, it feels like it's not just saying, like, yeah, it's a big, dumb, stupid animal. You can love it, and it'll eat your enemies. It's saying, yeah, this is an emotionally complex creature. Like, and, and I like the idea that it imprints on a human. And right. so you maybe... Can, it's like Twilight. Yeah, you can form a bond. <laughs> it thinks
1: you're its husband oh, now.
0: Right. <laughs> it, it can form a bond where it feels like, you know, where maybe I can... I think the idea is that you can, you can tell a story in which it's not... This is what the Rancor might want, right. theoretically. Who knows? But, but instead of it just being an imprisoned pet, but yeah, but you know, it's not going to be perfect to be sure, but I, I like that they're going so much more into like, what does the Rancor actually want? What does it care about? And Danny Trejo clearly loves this animal right. and wants him to to love it as well.
2: Exactly. And I th- I feel like watching Return of the Jedi will never be the same. Although I think when we did Return of the Jedi, <laughs> I think I even mentioned like, you know,
0: like this poor Rancor,
2: like, yeah, you know, and the, the Rancor moment. trainer or whatever was like,
0: mm-hmm. i know
2: that's like right up there with the ewok over the other ewok those are the two Mm
0: -hmm. definitely definitely um there's one thing i was gonna say oh i don't know if any of you felt this and it wouldn't have made sense because obviously it would have to be a time jump but you had this moment of like boba fett saying i want to ride a rancor and then we cut to you know he goes to see the mayor and you see everyone arriving first. Mm-hmm. And it's like clearly like this entourage for, Bo- for Boba Fett to show up. There's was a small Ugh. part of me
1: that thought he was going to show up riding a Rancor. Oh. I was like, I don't get how it happens so we fast. We not there but... yet. It's going to happen soon, but we were yeah, not Yeah, that's, there that's yet. like I'm final saying.
2: episode kind of thing, I think. Or like, yeah. you know, final battle scene and then, you know, whatever. But
0: Chekhov's rank. That would
2: have been, been a little, a little quick.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Thing. Move yeah. to bike. Right. Dude's still depressed.
0: Um, yeah. Can't
2: go take it's you into town?
0: Sad. Still a sad rancor. Uh my my little thing I got to comment on is I I thought it was also really nice seeing him riding the banthas. I don't understand how a creature that furry lives in the desert. Like
1: I don't know why you would ride a bantha anywhere. It looked like like they don't go fast <laughs> and it took him forever. He that's why all his friends got killed because he took a bantha to town. I mean
2: I'm not sure you can walk that much faster. I mean, I guess if you're like running like They're Lord like, of the Rings, Two Towers style or something, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. See, it's desert. It's hard to run in. True. But Yeah, yeah. yeah I just sand. don't
0: get how those creatures...
2: Yeah, then you don't get sand in your boots. That's why you ride a Bantha, I am with but, Paul,
1: though. I don't want to see another oh, dead Bantha for the entire no. rest yeah. of the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've had my fill. I'm fine with that. You guys just keep yeah. killing I'm them. I'm fine
0: with that. Yeah, the, fine the with Banthas that. Have definitely... Why
1: would you even kill a Bantha? They don't do anything. You know what I mean? Like...
2: I mean, anyway. I, I think it is supposed to be an analog to, like, killing the buffalo, you know,
0: very yeah, back so, yeah. in the, the day. Yeah. The whole, like, shooting from the train. Right,
2: thing. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, come on.
0: All right, well, I think that's probably a good, good place it. to wrap up. Um, I'm good. Mr. Zen Madman, where is the madman being Zen?
2: Um, I guess on Twitter recently, I don't know. I, that might stop soon, but I, I have absolutely. Unless you been want tweeting. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 start making tags or something. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. <laughs> Twitter it's the land of spoilers. You, you, you know, tread at your own risk. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's about it. Um, I, I, the one, one last thing I did want to mention was, uh, last time you asked whether the, the litter, like having, you know, people carrying it, Was a flex, and I think like 100% a flex. Um, I think riding Mm -hmm. in on a rancor also would be a a (laughs) flex that, you know, is is on the same level. So, yeah.
0: Fair, fair. Ashley, what about yourself? Where can we find you?
1: Um, Here, MCU cast, you know, Stranded Panda stuff. There you go. Nothing, you know, just the MCU cast pretty much. There you go.
0: There you go. Of course, uh, you can find all my podcasting at theethicalpanda.com. There you'll find. All about this podcast, about the uh, Superhero Ethics podcast, one that both Paul and Ashley are frequently on. Uh, we wrapped up our coverage of The Witcher uh, recently, and Paul and I have now started doing uh, coverage of some of the Batman movies as we get ready for the Robert Pattinson. Uh, Ashley and I are soon going to be doing an episode on what? Jaws. Excuse be a lot of me, fun.
1: what? Where was my invitation <laughs> to that? <laughs> How dare they <laughs> continue? We're gonna be talking Jaws
0: pretty soon. With actually, actually, do you want to give a quick preview for the because this is all you setting this up?
1: Uh we I met at PAX some friends of a friend of mine who run a cast called the Cast Die Podcast, which are pretty much one-shot d D&D games. Um, and it's all from like voiceover actors, oh. so you can really follow the story. It's a lot of fun and it, he was like, my friend who does the voice work for Unsolved Mysteries really loves Jaws. And I was like, I love Jaws. So let's talk about it because there's just a lot to talk about. It's the first um, summer blockbuster in history. And it really, you know, it brought a different kind of fear to people that has last, what, 50 years, uh-huh. 60 years. I can't remember. Yeah, it, it, it's quite a movie. So we're, we're going to talk about that. And it's going to be a lot of yeah.
0: fun. And we're going to get really into this kind of the filmmaking stuff and some issues that superhero ethics doesn't often cover. But we'll also be talking about a movie that, you know, is about, among other things, business leaders not wanting to deal with a natural disaster that's happening. A story with absolutely mm-hmm. no relevance today, but maybe some, mm-hmm. like, you know, interesting mm-hmm. ethical uh, questions I can raise. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and what do you all think? would love to hear what you think of Boba Fett. Uh, let us know. You can go to theethicalpanda.com. Find our Facebook, our Twitter, our email. Write into us. Let us know what you think. Are you loving this part of Boba Fett? Are you not loving it? The motorcycle chase. What, what, what's, what's, your, what's your feel? Uh, I'm gonna have myself, Paul, Ashley. Thank you all so much for listening, and have a great day. I'm waiting for Paul.
2: Oh, am I supposed <laughs> to say something? I'm <laughs> bad. I gotta to tone perfect. out the to tune out in the in the outro. Yeah yeah I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm back